Hi, sweetie. Hi. Yes. Oh, oh, oh. That's your auntie be like, hey auntie. He's so fluffy. Yeah. Oh my god. He's so fluffy. Oh yeah. Oh you yeah. Like, you like the best unicorn ever. You're so fluffy. Oh my goodness, I can't deal. I can't deal. Hello, sweet girl. Welcome to Bay Street, the podcast with color, reminding you that you are human and that is okay. No apologies needed. I am Bespoke It, and here we discuss life from our unique perspectives and the struggles with being an adult. It's a scam. Anyway, <laughs> shout out. Shout out to our co-host, Seven Murray, who is um, still in the process of getting settled on his new adventure in Texas. We miss you, bro. Um, and while you're getting your life together, I'd like to introduce you all to one of my best friends on the freaking planet, Andrea Stewart. Andy, okay, so before I introduce you, Andy, I have a confession to make. Uh-oh. You're being recorded. Are you sure you want to do this? Yes. <laughs> Here's my here's my confession, Andy. From the day I put your phone number in my phone is Andrea Goodman. I have not changed it. Ooh, that a lot's happened since then. I know. Even though you've officially not been Andrea Stewart for like two years. Mm-hmm. And I am a bad friend. I love my big brother Greg. But I just was like, in my mind, she is Andy Goodman. Yeah. Goody goody Andy. Andy Goody. <laughs> It hasn't changed, but it has, so I need to get my life together. No, you're good. You get a pass. Just this once, though. Okay. I'll check back in in two more years. We'll cool beans. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. So, Andy, introduce yourself to the audience for me, please. Cool. Um, so, my name is Andy Stewart. Um, Andrea Stewart's my government name. <laughs> um, and I'm just kind of, a you know, almost 30-year-old trying to figure it out trying to adult. Um, I just had a baby girl named Willow about two and a half months ago. And it's been interesting being responsible for another human, considering uh, I feel like sometimes I can barely take care of myself. Mm. So now that I have to take care of a living, breathing child, it is scary while also at the same time, very exciting and a huge blessing. I think it makes it worth, you know, makes life even more sweet. And I have like just the strangest work life. Um, I do part-time HR for a church in Hayward. I do part-time uh, childcare director stuff at a church where my husband is a, a co-pastor at. And then I also have a small business where I do plant watering and plant designing. So it's, I just have 90,000 personalities apparently. So <laughs> that's how I get down. Welcome to the life of the modern millennial. Seriously, kind of how we roll right now. And all the things, so. <laughs> but it's fun. I mean, that's kind of who I am. Um, I like to think of myself as, or maybe not like to think of myself as, but I'm the kind of person that just loves hard and gets, you know, get gets hurt in the process, and and yet it doesn't stop me from continuing to love hard because I think people are worth the wounds that come with them. So that is beautiful. Come on, poet. <laughs> snaps so this is episode 11 
and five in our series called DTR, Define the Relationship. And today's topic is called Grown-Up Friends, How to Make and Keep Friends as an Adult. So I know that we are very far removed from those days on the playground and, you know, first grade or whatever. We were trying to figure out who should you be friends with? Where should you sit and have your lunch? How do you maneuver that person who, you know, was mean to you? How do you do these things? And uh, I thought it was interesting to talk about this with one of my dearest friends because we have a really cool friendship story. And um, we've both been through a lot just as adults. And holding on to friendships as life changes has been a challenge that I think we've done a pretty good job so far at maneuvering. Not perfect and not always a good job as far as the maneuvering process, but we got to the other side in one piece. So (laughs) that's why I thought it might be a good um, time for us to have this chat. So let's talk about our friendship story. How did we meet? You want to start? Yeah, totally. Um, so we didn't really like necessarily meet. It was one of those funny, that's the funny part is that in modern day, like a lot of the time you e-meet people, which mm-hmm. is kind of, I guess, how we met in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically I was working for an interior landscaping company in Redwood City in the Bay. And I had a friend that I went to church with and she approaches me one day and says, Hey, so you work with like plants and stuff, right? And I was like, yeah, I work with, pl- I work with plants and stuff, right? Like I do, I do that. And then she had told me, well, I have a friend named Brittany that went to school for plants and stuff. And uh, I was wondering like, are you guys hiring to hire somebody that does plants and stuff? And I'm like, okay. And like, as a plant person, it's funny because that's literally the posture people take when like when you're a plant person there's so many like different details and so many different like positions and if you went to school for like landscaping technically you may not do floral design work right it's so it's funny because I'm like this is going to be interesting I can already tell so I said you know hey I, I were I not that I know of that we're hiring but I'd love to you know connect with your friend Brittany that does plants and stuff so I, I think I believe we talked on the phone once briefly And we mostly discuss things via email you sent over your website. Mm -hmm. And then when I saw your website, I remember seeing this like beautiful woman with this big bun. (laughs) And I was like, I like her style. She's a nice bun. You know what I'm saying? You see, you see. Um, no, I'm just kidding. No, but I, I just thought you were very, um, creative. Like you just seem like a creative type. And so I was, I was curious, kept scrolling, clicking around and saw different projects that you'd worked on and you're just a creative person. And so I was like, this, this chick's dope. Um, I'm going to pass on the information to my boss. So basically the boss loved Brittany. Um, and then Brittany, you know, offered Brittany a job. Brittany moved, dropped everything from Colorado, moved to the Bay, began her life in the Bay. And then we were going to church together. And we, we used to say that we were kind of like twins in a way, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, that Brittany lives in Brittany land and Andy lives in Andy land. And then we made up sounds for like our lands. I think Brittany's was, and mine was like, or no, no, yours was la, 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 la. Mine yeah. was ding, ding or something. Yeah, like la, 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 yeah. la. <laughs> so that was amazing. Um, and we used to say we were kind of similar because we're both kind of goofy, but we're also really passionate about everything we're involved in. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also both love hard. And so it was, it was, and we both like doing plants and stuff. Plants and things. <laughs> so there's that. I remember the first time I saw you and I was like, oh, she's adorable. I love her. And no kidding. I don't think 
I would have survived any of my life in the Bay Area without you. <laughs> everything from yeah. <laughs> everything from um, surviving the the job that we had before we both got you. You got smart long before I did, and was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> Yeah, I left with like middle finger, middle fingers blazing. I won't do it on yeah. live TV. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh my goodness. I got smart uh, several years after you did and walked out with my, I guess they were more like middle fingers bedazzled. Yeah, and- yours were bedazzled. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> We've had great nails, you know, you always had your nails done. <laughs> Oh man. So yeah, it's been a great, it's been a great friendship story. Um, I think one of my favorite, I don't have, I have so many favorite memories. I wasn't totally about to tell the story about that time where we were having a really terrible day at the office and we went into the warehouse to like organize some things. And you're like, okay, stop. We're having a dance party right now because we Uh have to change this mood. So we recorded our little dance party and it was literally the highlight of the week. (laughs) Yeah. I remember when we nanayed for payday. Yes, because, because our boss was so ratchet and would literally like write handwrite checks to all the employees instead of doing direct deposit, and we were like scraping till that paycheck, and so we literally started like dancing because we finally got paid. And yes, it was, like, late or something, and we were yeah. all like, "We're about we how are we going to pay our rent?" It was like, like we couldn't leave the office until she signed the check, so we were just waiting. So we passed the time by just dancing. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Oh, I think probably one of my highlights was your wedding day. Oh my God. I was so honored to be able to stand with you when you got married. It was literally like joy, 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 joy. (laughs) One of my favorite memories was, well, I mean, like there's quite a few. I mean, like, should I talk about the one where we were driving in San Francisco? We went down the hill and you and both of, we both screamed and we were like, and then I think at that moment we realized we were twins because yeah. we both screamed even though like, and I was on driving, which is kind of scary. Like, like you're probably screaming truly because I was driving and you're like, if this woman is screaming, I need to scream because we're going down. Like no one knew what was going to happen that day or at the time we went bed shopping. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. Yes. I, I know. And I quote, first of all, I loved the gentleman that was helping us. He was, he was like such a, he was honestly a ham. He was such a ham. He was great. Um, And I remember you helped me go like lay on beds to see if they were comfortable. Um, I never really bought a bed for like another year. So that was like one of those things where it's like, we were, oh yeah, bed shopping. I think we were just doing something to not be bored. And I remember specifically we were laying down on a bed together and I was like oh my gosh there's so much room for activities and y'all both looked at me like this is disgusting and I was like no I'm quoting I'm quoting stepbrothers it's a joke it's like it's more of a funny thing like when they put the bunk beds up and you guys are like just stop right now and I was so embarrassed I was like I gotta get out of this bed shop um I'll let you know if I want to buy one later and then we just like left I think we went to Starbucks after that but it was a freaking nightmare but so that was embarrassing um i can remember lots of fun memories of just spending time together and we've been on lots of projects together not only at work but through churches and yeah i just it's wild to think like how five years flew by you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and even how much bonding and closeness happened in in that amount of time i have people i've known my whole life who i'm not as close to as i've as as i am to you and i've known you for like five years feels like 50 55 Mm -hmm. um so yes let's talk about the definition of friendship what is your definition of friendship what is a friend 
I think it's just honestly a human that you look at one day and go, I like that human. <laughs> I want to hang out with the human. I want to be with the human. I want to be like the human. I want to spend time with the human. Like you see something in them, right? Um, and sometimes it may not be healthy. Sometimes we make friends um, in an unhealthy time in our life mm-hmm. and we see that their pain is identical to our pain and you, you bond on the pain. Um, sometimes you you know, make friendships where you both are against something, right? Like a cause or a boss or a, almost a person, which is not healthy, but you bond on d- the divisive nature of life. It's like you're in it together. I don't know. I think friendship is just one of those things where you need them to navigate through life and understand life and not have to feel the sting of loneliness, you know? Yeah, I would take that too and say, it's like chosen family, like the people that walk with you through life that you weren't born with, but you get to choose, you know, who they are. And the process of finding those people, choosing those people and keeping those people, I think is part of the challenge, particularly as we become adults. I think one of the biggest challenges to adult friendships is time, because as we get older, it's like we have less time to just hang out, less time to just be. It's not like uh, oftentimes you can just call up your friend and be like, hey, what are you doing right now? It's like, well, I'm adulting. I'm at work. I'm keeping a baby alive or I'm trying to, you know, keep this whole healthy relationship situation with the significant other from plundering into darkness. So (laughs) I feel like that's some of the challenges to adult friendships, but What I would say, as far as my definition of friendship is, is those people that you choose to walk with you through life, which is why choosing carefully is a a challenge a a lot of times, I'd say. What are some of the challenges to adult friendships that you've encountered? I think the biggest challenges with friendships has been um, unspoken insecurities or unrealistic expectations with each other. Mm Mm-hmm. I have a few people in my life where they kind of did the whole, like, we're not friends anymore. Bye. You know, like the immature type of thing that can happen. Mm -hmm. I've never done that to somebody, but I've had it done to me. And basically because of unrealistic expectations, meaning like I didn't respond the way that they wanted. So they just cut you out like to a certain situation instead of having grace for you because you didn't understand at the time or something. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Things like that. So it's, it's a little, it can be messy in that regard. Um, I think that in adult friendships, the hard part is that as adults, you start to make decisions and it's on you. It's not on your parents, right? Like your caregivers. And so as soon as you're responsible for your own life and like your decisions, like your friends can help make or break your future in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're kind of kicking it with people that are unmotivated, you might become that. You know, you tend to absorb the energy around you sometimes. So I think that some challenges I've had is as I've moved through different um, parts of my life, like when I went from being, you know, in college, like a college student to a graduate to a young woman in the workforce to being a girlfriend, to being a wife to like, as I've progressed in these different life stages, there's been friends that have come with me and some that didn't want to. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's the biggest thing because sometimes I don't know, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was because I didn't have as much time to spend with them or be there as often as I could or go kick it easily without any strings attached to that. And 
that's part of it. Or another thing is possible insecurity. So like some folks want, you know, want to have a career or want to have a, a child or maybe a partner, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so sometimes when they have a friend that is in a different phase of life, they don't want to deal with it because they don't want to see that and look from the outside in and kind of watch them live in a place that they want to be. Like that could be part of it too. I mean, like, I don't pretend to know why these things happen, but I do know that each time my friends have been in different seasons of their lives, I've tried to just sit and understand where they're at and be there for them as opposed to assuming they're going to hurt me because of where they're at, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's not their job to validate my, my life. You know, it's like, you're supposed to be in it together, but you're also like, it's nobody's job to make me happy. So I don't put that on my friends. You know, that's the challenge I think is just trying to keep those friendships. um, Even sometimes when they aren't meant to stay, you know? Yeah. I think that's a really good observation, particularly around the part where, you know, when you're watching your friends progress through life and move to this stage and move to that stage, and you yourself may be either having a really difficult time in life or your life isn't moving anywhere, it's not going the way you want to. The challenge then is to not project that onto your friendships and and put those wedges between you and your friends. For me, I've watched a lot of my friends, you know, move on, get married, have relationships and, um, you know, either advance in career or do different stuff. And then me sitting there being like, hmm, comparing my life to theirs. And there, I think that is one of the things that, and as an adult in our friendships, we fall into that comparison game within our friends, like to our friends, which could put a wedge between those friendships. Instead of just being like, that's your life, that's your path. Congratulations, love you in your life on your path. Let me continue to walk my own. And that I think is hard to do because there are so many things about culture that tell us, you know, at this stage, you should be here. Like at this stage, you should be there. At 32, you should be married, you know, with children and a thriving career. And I'm like, I'm a freaking millennial. It's not happening. <laughs> I hear you. And so the the hard thing then is to not look at those friends who whose lives are different and then suddenly somehow judge yourself or even them for where you are or are not. Just understanding that everybody's on their own separate path. And I think a big part of that too is, you know, when you're in school, when you're in grade school, even college, there's that competition that happens between friends or I got this grade or I'm doing this or I'm doing that. As an adult, all that has to go away. It has to, or else, num- number one, you can't be happy with yourself. And if you can't be happy with yourself, you can't have healthy friendships as an adult. Yeah, that makes sense. And I feel like a way to kind of combat that uh, territorial or competitive, you know, like all that energy, like it's same thing in school. When you have a friend and then you see other people getting close to your friend, you get all territorial like that. You know what I mean? Those, those um, things we're born with, I think. I think we're born with those like selfish tendencies or Uh, competitive tendencies and we have to work our whole life to release that like and become sort of submissive to those emotions and Mm -hmm. just like allow them to not like rule our life and control our how we feel about a person we have to silence those voices that tell you like oh you have to be better than them or oh my god their life is better than yours because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day like you literally don't know if they're even happy in their own life preach Um, and a lot of the time I've wanted things and I got them and I'm like, uh, 
I know there's a, there's an artist out there. Um, I don't even remember her name, but there's an artist out there. And the first verse of the lyrics of the song, I always hear it. And I'm like, it's so good. She said, I had a dream that I had everything I wanted. And it turns out that it was a nightmare or it could have been a nightmare. And I'm like, dude, that's so good. Because it's like, there's going to be times in your life where you think you want something and then you get it and you're like, no, uh, oh, wait a minute. I, I'm not working towards anything anymore. I feel miserable. I'm sitting here complacent at this point because I've already achieved the thing I envied on the other side of, you know, the grass is greener on the other side, blah, 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 blah the BS, BS. Um, <laughs> hopefully you keep that part because I was good. <laughs> So it's weird, but I think a way to combat all the weirdness is to just be literally, like to authentically be yourself. Mm -hmm. Because if you're authentic, like if you're authentic with who you are, you'll attract people that get down with that. Yeah. And if they truly get down with that, then you end up keeping your friendships because they're like, no, I rock with that personality, you know, and people can sniff it. If you're like, if you're being fake or not being realistic, like a real, like really truly who you are. People can smell that a mile away. They don't need a level of discernment to know that. Yeah. Even children can smell a fake ass person. Mm-hmm. It's just the way it is. So it's kind of like being who you are and being vulnerable when you need to and honest when you need to, not being afraid to apologize when you were wrong, mm-hmm. um, not feeling like you have to protect your ego. Well, I don't know. I don't know anything. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just a middle schooler in an adult body with a child, you know? I think that's what we all are. We are all just really tall children who are expected to pay bills now and take care of other smaller children. (laughs) I know. Why do they allow us to like get credit cards and have children? I have no idea what they were thinking. No idea what they were thinking. Um, (laughs) But a lot of that is, you know, oh man, I forgot who I was listening to a while ago who said this, but basically what they were saying was, after a certain stage in your life, your emotional and relational intelligence, your self-awareness is now your responsibility, right? It's like, so all through, you know, when you're a kid, someone is teaching you. When you're a baby, someone teaching you how to walk. When you, they're teaching you how to talk. When you're a kid, they're teaching you how to like, you know, maneuver through life. In school, they're teaching you, you know, they're educating you. In college, they're educating you. At some point, though, you are now responsible for your own development, for your own growth, for your own maturity. But no one ever really tells you when that switch happens. There's not a sign that says, hey, welcome to the birthday where you're officially <laughs> responsible for your life and your emotions and how you treat people. You know, congratulations. Go and be an amazing human being. That transition is not something that a lot of people catch until something breaks or explodes or, you know, we, we hurt someone or something like that. And I say that because, you know, without those switches, without realizing like, crap, I'm responsible now for how I treat other people and how I maintain my friendships and what kind of person I am. Am I a good friend to other people um, and allowing them to be good friends to me? Without that awareness that this is your responsibility to be the person, you know, that you need to be in order to have healthy people in your life, We stay little middle schoolers in adult bodies who go to offices or work jobs and make money. And, you know, we we pretend to be adults because I don't really think there's such thing as a legit adult. Look at our our current stage of politics in this country. And side note. Anyway, so. (laughs) That might be a second grader doing, leading, you know, the world right now. Oh my gosh. Anyway, but when you look at it, you know, our physical bodies continue to grow and mature and get older without us doing anything. Like you don't have to think to make your, to for your, for your body to grow and get older. 
It just happens without you doing anything. But our emotional maturity and our relational maturity and, you know, how we maneuver our relationships, we intentionally have to work on that stuff. And nobody really teaches you that you're going to have to do that. You have to just figure that out by accident most of the time after something is broken. And so I say that because I feel like it's important to acknowledge that most of us are still in the process of figuring out. There's no, I'm an adult. I've got this now. It's no, you're an adult and you're still figuring it out. And so are all the other people around you. Yeah, no one's, no one in their life on earth will ever arrive at full like enlightenment. Mm-hmm you will mm-hmm. like that's not even I mean like if I were to bring it to scripture we talk about Solomon who is like the wisest person ever right mm-hmm. which is I, I don't know why I'm finger quote air quoting that was weird <laughs> but apparently Solomon is known to be you know this wise king and was gifted that by the divine and it's weird because if you think about it this person who was apparently super wise decided even after receiving this wisdom to just like tank Mm-hmm. Like to literally go worship other gods and and have a bunch of different wives and get all involved in the strangeness of that. Mm-hmm. Um, not you know, no judgment to y'all out there doing whatever, but I'm just <laughs> saying like, <laughs> but did all the things and was considered the wisest person that ever lived, mm-hmm. except for obviously Jesus, right? But I'm just saying that even the wisest person ever existed still did weird things and probably had to apologize a lot. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of one of those things where I think that the world is just the world and it's always going to be the world. Mm -hmm. And on in the world, no one ever arrives. Nobody ever reaches a point where they don't need to apologize for their behavior when they're insensitive or acted too quickly on a situation that needed them to chill where no one's above that, you Mm -hmm. know? And I think like knowing that and giving ourselves grace and forgiving ourselves and being okay and comfortable admitting when we need to admit that we were wrong. Mm -hmm. I think um, I would, I would tie all of that together into the other challenge of adult relationships and friendships is failing to recognize that because we don't, we won't ever know everything and get there. We all constantly need grace. And if we need it for ourselves, then we have to recognize that other people need it too. I think I said this on last week's episode with Jermaine, just being really careful with the story that I tell myself about how things went down in a certain situation and recognizing that you may feel this way because of what happened in that friendship or whatever, but the other person has their own feelings and story that they believe what happened. So before you, just like you were saying earlier about that other situation you had where the person was like, we're not friends no more because, you know, they perceived you a certain way without taking the time to realize that, well, crap, she didn't know either. (laughs) I'm judging her for what she didn't know. And I was also wrong for what I didn't know. And I actually know what situation you're talking about, so we're not going to get into but I feel like yeah. I, feel, I feel like I feel like I know what you're saying. Um, I know, right? But I think one of the challenges to adult friendships is forgetting that we are tech. We, we, we could we're not on the playground in middle school anymore. And if we want to leave that mentality, we have to be intentional about it. The whole growing up and maturing part and being, hum- you know, humbling ourselves enough to know that we ain't perfect either. And we're going to have to apologize a lot and, you know, still be gracious to other people and then um, vice versa. And even a step further, it's kind of like realizing our parents weren't perfect and that they did the best that they could to raise us. And a lot of the time, the work that we have to do as adults is unlearning the things that were taught to us that is not 
inclusive, that is not loving, that is not having grace. Mm -hmm. Um, the stuff that created hate almost in our heart for other people, especially like in our current climate, some people don't even realize that they're, they're racist. Like they don't know because it's it's one of those things where it's something that just makes its way and burrows its way into your, your understanding and your lens. And you look through this lens and you see things a certain way until it gets rocked. And then that hurts when that happens, you know, whenever you have to wake up one day and realize that you were a villain in a story where you felt like you were a hero. Mm. And that's something that, hurts and it's painful but it's got to happen yeah you know you have to take you have to take those hits and receive it and heal it up and grow from that mm-hmm. you know like break the bone it gets stronger you know by breaking hey there do you have something to say something you're passionate about that you want everyone to hear well then it's time for you to start your own podcast and anchor is here to help With Anchor, you can record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so you'll be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's easy, and it's everything you need to make a podcast. And the best part, it's free. So, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. We look forward to hearing what you have to say. So sign up with Anchor for free today. And now, let's get back to Bay Street. Let's discuss um, conflict resolution in adult relationships. That, that, let's let's talk about that. How do you even work through conflict resolution in adult friendships? Like, what do you do? And I'm gonna I'm gonna preface this part of the conversation by being super honest and saying I am not good at this. It's something that I'm still working on. I'm still trying. I had a a situation with a friend not too long ago where they said something to me that was very, very hurtful and I didn't know what to do about it. So I just avoided them for like weeks (laughs) until they were like, so I think you're mad at me because we usually talk like all the time and I haven't heard from you. And I was like, what? What do you mean, friend? I did not know how to tell them that yet what you said broke my heart just a little bit. And I've been in the process of trying to fix it. I'll be back to you when it's fixed. I wasn't I didn't even know how to say that. And I think part of the reason I didn't know how to say that at the time was that there was already all this other stuff going on. And I was like, this is one more thing I have to think about. I don't have space to think about this. So it was just easier to bury it and, and avoid it. But yeah, let's talk about conflict resolution, um, knowing full well that we're still working on this. (laughs) Yeah, no, it makes sense. Um, I have a great story that just happened the other day, actually. Mm -hmm. So this is perfect timing. So way to go. I get to process this on your show right now. So I'm thankful for podcast. Let me just tell you about Bay Street. You know what this is? This is a big comfy couch. This is group therapy. That's what this podcast really is. So like it. hash it out. I want to every week then. Can I just go on like the Zoom, on the Zoom, like in the watching side or whatever? Of course. Technology work. I don't know. Yes, of course. I, there's so many revelations that happen during these conversations. Like, oh my God, that's what that is. Childhood trauma. <laughs> That's great. So the other day, I, so obviously I'm a new, I'm a new mom, right? I'm new. I'm a, I'm a newbie. So I'm still like figuring it out. And I feel like that'll be a lifelong journey. But anyways, so uh, Greg and I were at like kind of a picnic type of thing, like a social distance picnic. And we were catching up with like two other families, right? And they're fairly new moms. Like their kids are about one now. And they, you know, were still new in this whole thing, figuring out our kid Willow. And they, you know, ask us, hey, 
how how are you all doing? Like, how are things going with being like parents? Are, are you doing okay? Da, da, da. And so Greg decides to kind of tell them about how things are going. He's like, yeah, no, we're really thankful. Um, she's taking a bottle, which is cool. Um, she's sleeping good. She's sleeping anywhere from like five to eight hours a night. Um, you know, she's been a chill kid. Like she cries and gets mad when she has a diaper or she's hungry, but like she doesn't cry for long. So we're just, you know, we're really grateful for this, um, for this kid. We love her, you know, she's dope. Um, and then the day goes on, right? Like the hangout goes on. And one of my friends decides like as a joke that she's going to say, yeah, like when you guys came in here and started bragging, and my, I was shook. Like, I was shook a little bit because I'm like, what the heck, dude? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm still postpartum. I'm in my fourth trimester technically still. <laughs> and we come in just telling you about how things are going in an authentic way. Like, we're not just, we're not, I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh my God, newborn life is the worst. And like, just do that to have bonding over pain or whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm just going to tell, we're going to tell you what our experience has been. And it's not because we're trying to appear as if we have it all together. Because also during that time, I was like, yeah, uh, the first month was really hard. Like it was, it was kind of a nightmare. I was very hormonal and it was, you know, rough breastfeeding. And I like, I was very honest about that. So I don't know why like telling good things was bragging. Yeah. Um, and so that really hurt me, honestly, like it, it tore me up inside. I was like, damn, like, I feel like I was kind of attacked. Even if it was a joke, it felt like it was 50% true or something. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that happened. And as I've grown into adult friendships, what I've realized is that half the time when th people say things that are really out of pocket, it's not your problem, it's theirs. Mm -hmm. Not that that means that you don't have involvement in the problem. It's just that you can't fix it and you have to leave things alone um, instead of trying to fix it or meddle in it or defend yourself or do all these things. And so instead of in that moment being like, how are we bragging and getting all upset and creating like a confrontation, I just let it happen. And I go home and I process it and I talk to a friend about it just to, I didn't tell them the name of the person that hurt me because that's mm -hmm. just gossip at that point. So I just discussed the situation that happened and I processed it and gave it 24 hours, the 24 hour rule. And when I wait 24 hours, I find that my emotions shift. Mm -hmm. um, and so I wait and I see how I feel. And so, you know, I could and may want to discuss it with her someday or maybe in the future kind of clear the air and let her know hey this kind of hurt my feelings like can we be the kind of friends that celebrate our wins and not mm -hmm. you know feel that we can't because of in, like any kind of insecurity on either end like can we can we have that is that okay or you know because I felt like this other time really was a little awkward and I didn't I didn't like it so I don't want to be like that together because I care about you and I love you you know I can't decide if I want to go that route or if I want or if it was a bad day mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. it could have been a bad day maybe that'll never happen again and it was just a bad day some psychological noise sleep deprived perhaps like we don't know what's going on with our friends mm -hmm. and so I've chosen to forgive her and I'll decide later if it's worth you know going deeper, if you will. Yeah. It's interesting you bring up this particular situation and even what you said there at the end with trying to figure out whether or not you should even talk to her. Jermaine said something on the podcast last week that I thought was very interesting, just about the kind of energy that it takes to have certain conversations with people, the energy that it takes out of you and me. Like, I believe in healthy conflict. 
but that doesn't mean I like it. I believe in it and I've, I've trained myself to believe in it because my natural state is to be like, I just pretend you don't exist. And then there's no conflict because you're invisible. <laughs> yeah. um, but grown up, quote unquote, well-adjusted, healthy Brittany, bespoke at the grown up is like... <laughs> We have to talk about these things. We have to address these things, particularly if they change the way that you interact with that person because of the way they made you feel at this time, then you now need to address this so that you can have your own air clear and be free to treat that person like you love them. If this situation is keeping you from treating that person like you care about them when they're in your presence, or if they come around and they disturb your atmosphere, then you need to talk about it to that person. But it takes a lot of energy and it takes a lot of like, Okay, let me muster this up. I now need to disturb this ground and let you know that you did something that bothers me, which means I'm going to have to take energy tilling up all this soil to tell you this. I'm going to have to risk that after we pull up these roots of this issue, after we pull up the weeds of this issue, we might actually pull up the whole root of this plant and then kill it. And then deciding, does this plant have the... (laughs) It's like those plant people. We always revert to talking about plants. It's so good, though. Plants, I know it I is. Mean, you just use plants. We can use plants. Come on now. <laughs> so it's like, do I do I want to take the risk that this this little plant doesn't even have the the root structure to you know to to handle me pulling at it, or do I just want to leave it and risk it growing unhealthy, or you know having to throw it away later on because it turned into this big rotten tree with stinky fruit but that's a hard one to decide is this relationship even worth me investing the energy to let me know to to let you know that what you did bothered me do i care enough about you know not not care enough but do we have the kind of relationship is this relationship even going in the kind of direction where i can talk to you about those things and i think for me that's where a big part of adult conflict resolution has been difficult having to sit in the moment and have a DTR with myself. I got to define this friendship right now. Do we have the kind of friendship where I can let you know, hey, hun, that was out of pocket. Love you, but that stung. Can we go back and fix that? And deciding whether or not those, you know, friendships are worth it. And then when you're like, are they worth it? Are we even friends? It takes the whole definition to these, all these other levels. And so for me, what I've discovered and even even in our relationship over our, our five years, the moments where we have had tiffs, some some not that bad, some like, okay, we got to talk about this. And the energy is taken. I remember this one time I, I was literally driving down the road and I was like, crap, I haven't talked to Andy in a minute. And I know we were beefing about this one thing, but I love her enough to fight for this friendship. And I'm going to challenge my own discomfort right now and be like, hey, can we get coffee? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it You're takes... Right. Oh. It, takes a lot to do that to resolve those those things um to make the decision to sit in the discomfort of saying in that moment what you did bothered me how can we fix it yeah no that's that's so good and it's weird too because i think about times where i've had conflict as well Mm -hmm. and then sometimes before i even start start to have that conversation I've processed within and I'm like, wait, no, I'm just being weird about that. Like, cause that's another thing, that's right? Another one. Like, mm-hmm. What about the other end of it? Which yep. is, which is not necessarily they did it, but like I did it like where, um, like as an example, somebody might say a joke or something like maybe not even pertain to the earlier story, but say somebody says a joke, um, makes like a silly joke and they're just being funny, having fun with friends. And like, it really bothered you. And it's like, I need to get to the root of why that bothered me so much. And Mm -hmm. it's like, what they said was not harmful whatsoever. It was Mm -hmm. not harmful. And yet I took it personal and it's like, why is that? Right. And so 
it's like, I, I firmly believe that like to be a good friend, mm -hmm. we start from here on the and, inside and mm -hmm. deal with that shit and then work our way out, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so before, before having the conversation, like you were saying, like having that internal dialogue, like, why did this bother me? Mm -hmm. Um, I need to tell them that this was harmful, right? Like mm -hmm. this was harmful for life, for for friendship, for future. Like you care about them enough to let them know like what you did was messed up. But yeah, I always want to check that. That's why the 24 hour thing is helpful. Preach. And yes. I was taught that by like a kind of a mom figure to me. Um, she said, let's give it 24 hours, the 24 hour rule. Let's wait and see how we feel tomorrow. And so I've taken that with me. I was like, okay, that's being added to my arsenal. Mm -hmm. I need that, you know? Mm -hmm. That's good. Check yourself first. Why did that bother me? Is it really them or is it me? And I think that's a, an important part of relationships in general. But since we're specifically talking about friendships, rather than going off or blowing up on someone right on the spot without taking the time to check first, like, and don't get me wrong, some people do need to be checked, but it doesn't always have to happen in the moment. Like how you say things, timing, place, and how you say it has a whole lot to do with how what you have to say gets communicated and whether or not it comes across. Because you, you can say something that's like, you may have been right, but the way you did it was so wrong that it negates all the right you were trying to do anyway. But taking that time to be like, wait, is this me? Is it really me? And then sometimes it could be both. And then taking that time to process it, like, okay, it was just me. Let me just let this go. Or wait, it was you. Let me now think of a healthy way to have this conversation with you. Or it was both. Let me think of a healthy way to have this conversation with you. I've seen a lot of friendships ruined because somebody calls somebody out at the wrong time. Mm -hmm. They said it's the right thing at the wrong right? time. Mm -hmm. Timing is everything. So yes. speaking of timing, so it's funny. So to piggyback on that, um, I had a friend where or I have a friend mm -hmm. where, um, we kind of went through different stages of life together. So she had kids before I did well before I did. And so I found that anytime I brought up anything related to parenting, like during that season of when she was adapting to being a mom, mm -hmm. it was very defensive, very mm -hmm. like, um, I couldn't say anything, even if it was complimentary, like it was, it, everything was defensive coming back towards me. And so I realized I'm not going to comment on anything parenting related, you know, and it wasn't like I was pretending to be an expert, but it was just like me processing, like asking questions and kind of just wanting to know. And, and I realized it was like a sore, like a wound. Hmm. And so I stopped saying anything about parenting at all. And I would just enjoy the kids when I would see them and kind of ask how they were doing and stuff. Um, and then what's funny is that ever since I've had my daughter, this person now is a completely different person regarding parenting stuff. Mm. So now I'm able to actually talk through things and there's no competitive or agitated like energy coming from them. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, and it, so what that tells me is that to be a friend, I had to read the room, mm -hmm. notice that the person was acting kind of sensitive towards a certain topic as a friend didn't discuss those topics around this friend because I knew that it was making them uncomfortable. But now I'm in a season and the timing is years later, mm -hmm. but now we're at a place where we can discuss these things and I don't get that negative energy anymore from them. And it's because of possibly now that I have a child, they feel that I'm I valid in opinions or thoughts or feelings towards parenting. I mean, and so it's kind of one of those things where I could have been mad at them and been like, I think you're being really mean. But it was no, it was like, no, I'm going to wait on this. And so now we're at a place where we can actually touch that area of life. Mm -hmm. And the friendship has grown 
in a very big way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's interesting how timing, like it's a huge factor in this type yeah. of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Which actually is a good transition to healthy versus unhealthy grown up friendships. Let's talk about it. When to hold on, when to let go. What do you think? <sighs> anything i'm a middle schooler no i'm just kidding i love how i can choose to have that as my like defense mechanism like i'm just kidding i don't know um okay so here's the thing about that Mm -hmm. there is it depends on the person okay so like for me like i can only speak from my experience i can't speak for other people so i put that out there in in these streets okay Mm -hmm. that's what this is about Um, honey we're not we're not everybody's therapist we're just peer therapists Right. This is, this is my therapy right now. Um, but okay. So here's the thing. I feel that as a person, like I'm a person of faith. I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. I believe in those things. And so I think that that is kind of a deciding factor for my friendships, which mm-hmm. maybe a lot of people don't feel that way. And that's totally cool. That's great. And they might feel like the energy is what brings them friends or the, the universe, like whatever, whatever you float your boat. Right. But for me personally, I feel like God brings people into my life. And so I will sometimes get people brought into my life that really annoy the hell out of me Mm -hmm. and they take my energy away. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why, why am I, why do they keep popping up though? Why, (laughs) why are they popping up? Like, why are they reaching out and wanting to connect and like, what is going on? And so there's times where that happens and I'm like, okay. And then what's funny is that the things that annoyed me, like, a lot of the time I find out that they had some kind of like, they were some kind of like therapist or something like there. It's like a certain kind of person. I think it's like the, the person that pretends to know everything, Mm -hmm. those type of people, like just, just get under my skin. Like Mm -hmm. we all know enough. We're all have like a level of wisdom and, and knowledge and we all can read a book. But like, you don't have to come out here acting like you know everything and be a dick to everyone. <laughs> and so those people that act like kind of like just a straight up dick to me or judge my goofiness or whatever, like kind of look at you like you're dumb, like those mm-hmm. type of personalities, they always find their way to me. And I'm just like, <laughs> why, Lord, are you, why must you test me? Like, <laughs> why? Because it really, it's really hard. And so it's weird because... The friendships I've made, I've made really good friendships with those kind of people though. That's the Mm -hmm. weird thing. And then we get past that wall and then they're amazing people. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, I don't know. People just make their way into my life and I get like this gut feeling and then I feel connected to them. Mm -hmm. And so there have been times where I've had to like step back though from friendships. So which ones are healthy and unhealthy to like speak to that specifically. I would say the friendships where you realize there's no there's like no level of reciprocation, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. No reciprocity. Yeah. It doesn't have to be monetary. It doesn't have to be like, it it could be anything, right? Like, so as an example, I've had friends that are younger than me and like, I'll buy them lunch or like give, you know, help them pay a bill or whatever and stuff like that, because they're figuring out like their finances and getting into the flow of that. And then the way that they kind of reciprocate the friendship is they'll come spend time with me and like, Mm -hmm ask how I'm doing. Like, you know what I mean? It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be like, okay, so I buy you a present and then you buy me a present. Like it yeah. doesn't have to be like this, this mathematical thing, at least for me and my friendships. But it's one of those things where it's like, you show love, like mm-hmm. in, in one of the love language forms. Like if you're putting an effort towards 
loving me back, then we're good. But if it's a drain, 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 suck, suck, suck. Um, it's all about me. Um, you do all these things for me. Like I, I have to kind of step back from those friendships and I've done that. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't like kicked them out, but like, I just stopped like checking in with them proactively. And then it usually just drops off because they found another person to leech off of. <laughs> but then there's also been friendships where it seems like they're kind of doing that, mm-hmm. but they were just in an unhealthy season and yeah. then they changed. And so I wait it out and kind of pray about it and then find out like later, oh, they were in like a domestic violence relationship or, oh, they grew up and they were like abused as a child. And so that's what causes them to not trust people. And so that's why they're taking things from me, but they're not giving it back because they don't trust me with their stuff or, oh, they're not generous because they grew up with nothing or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever the case is. So I think it's just a matter of waiting and kind of following that internal, like that internal, um, sensor or like discernment that we have as Mm -hmm. people, you know? Yeah, that's good. I, I'm not even going to lie. I am the queen of the block and the canceled. (laughs) You're like, bye. Like, it's like, you're like, well, this isn't serving any of the good. So see you later. I know we've had many conversations. Yes, girl. I cancel people with the quickness. And it's something that I am, I am working on because um, I recognize that, you know, this whole grace thing that we just talked about, like I, like I, like the disclaimer I gave before we got into the whole conflict resolution. I am nowhere near good at this. I'm working on it. And there are a lot of people that I have canceled that I've had to go back and like uncancel. Um, And for me, it's like a defense mechanism. Like I need to, because I have been the person who's just like, yay, love. And yes, love hard, but oh God, the heartbreak of it and not feeling a lot of times like I was in a healthy place to to handle any more heartbreak. It was like, let's just cancel everything. (laughs) We're going to burn down the whole entire forest. And then um, if anything survives this inferno that I just lit, then it's good. Except that nothing can survive the inferno that I like because I burn it down. So anyway, I say that because one thing that I am learning, particularly when it comes to unhealthy versus healthy friendships is taking the time to actually see if it is corn or chaff. <laughs> is it weeds or is it not? You know, like since we were we were bringing up uh, Bible parables earlier, you know, the, the farmer who sowed a great crop and then at night, one of his competitors came and sowed a whole bunch of weeds in there. And then, you know, as it grew, his farmhand started to realize that there were some things in here that shouldn't be. And it's like, should we chop it all down? It's like, well, we can't because if we could pull it out too early, we might pull out good crop with it. So we have to kind of wait and see what it's going to do. I am the one who would, who would have burned down the entire cornfield and just started over. Um, but I'm learning to be the person who sits and waits and really test things out. And that is a slower and way more painful process than it is just to just be like, no, we're done. Uh, I'm I'm in a situation right now where I actually canceled someone and then I uncanceled them and then I actually had to recancel them because their response to what I they they asked me to be very honest with them about about something. Let me just put it out there. They asked me to be really honest with them about um their stance on on the Black Lives Matter conversation. You know, a person who's trying to be an ally and I'm like if you really want to be an ally in this conversation and in this movement, you are going to have to check some of your own biases. And they were originally canceled because of their unwillingness to really check some of those things. And then they're like, yeah, I've changed. I really want to help 
this, what do you think? And I said, here's my honest thought to you, friend. Like, do you really want to know? And I told them what I thought. And then their response back was not, I will just put it this way. It wasn't good. And so that was like canceled. But <laughs> even in the process of why they were originally canceled the first time, I had to ask myself, did you really give them a fair shot though? Did you give them the, the, the shot that you would have wanted someone to give you? Because let's, let's be real, bespoke it. You got some situations and anyone not giving you grace, it's like on your worst day, you need all the grace. Are you willing to give that to other people? And I have to check myself on that often. I am nowhere near good at it. I have to constantly be checking it. But I said all that to say that I really love what you just brought up about taking the time to really see, okay, what are you really here for? Instead of just being like, you get on my nerves, bye. Um, <laughs> let's just sit back and see how this is going to go. Um, because I feel like in being so hasty to cut people off or cut people out, we may, we may miss a lot of good. And then on the other side of that, someone may look a certain way. So we're, we, we bring them in because they look a certain way, but they turn out to be harmful to us. I feel like what I'm learning right now is, you know how Zoom has this thing where you have to, you have to wait in the waiting room for the host to invite you in. I'm learning to let everybody just sit in the Zoom room for a minute. Sit in the Zoom waiting room. Don't kick them out, but don't invite them in just yet. Like let everybody sit there get to know, let's see what's happening and then bring them in as, you know, it seems that it's appropriate. Yeah, no, I definitely feel that. I think, I think that's, that's very, very valuable. And <laughs> I love your analogy with the, you know, the crops and let's just burn down this whole damn field. I'm over it. Right. <laughs> um, and it sucks though, because some good crops get burned down with that. Right. Yeah, yeah. So then you miss out on those opportunities. But one thing I was going to say is that what I've noticed and come to realize as this very, very much, you know, I'm getting to the grown end of the middle school age. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, I'm becoming an eighth grader at, by the day. Yay, graduation. Um, yeah, exactly. I'm getting there. It's going to be a Zoom graduation because of COVID. <laughs> just kidding. Too soon. Too soon. Um, Girl, but, we still um, in it. We still in it. <laughs> literally. Um, no, but something I've noticed and accepted as much as we don't want to do this, especially I feel as women, but I won't, that's a whole nother fight. I'm not going to talk about today, but it is hard for us to accept that we're not good at stuff mm -hmm. and we want to be good at everything. Right. And mm -hmm. so, and sometimes like if we can't be good at it, we, we're not going to even do it. Like, Oh, I'm, I'm not even good at, you know, um, working through conflict. So I'm just not going to do it. Mm -hmm. Cha, right. Or, or, Oh, I'm not even good at, um, exercising. So I'm not going to exercise at all. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to not do it. But then the thing is, is that in life, not everything is going to come easy to us. Mm -hmm. so there's going to be things that are harder for us to do. Like we talk, I, I feel like my husband and I are obsessed with the Enneagram. We talk about the Enneagram constantly. Right. And like, <laughs> I'm a two, what? No, I'm just kidding. The best number. No, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. But honestly, twos, I, my friend that is a two is telling me that twos, threes, and fours, they think they're different than everyone else. And this so that cracks me up because you're a four, I'm a two. Mm -hmm. Sorry if I outed you on your own podcast. That's okay. I outed myself a while ago. Most people are like, we don't know what that means anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny though. So the Enneagram talks about personality types and how we're all like nine roughly personality types, give or take with like different um, wings, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting because each of these personality types are good at things and they're not so good at other things. Yeah. And when they're going through hard times in life, they tend to seem like a different number, but they're not that number. And yes. so it's weird because 
we're going to go through these seasons of life where we're not really good at stuff and we are, and we might be good. Like we may not be a good friend in some seasons of our lives and other seasons were the best of friends for mm -hmm. some people. And so I think like the, the secret to that is to just do your best, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, um, dealing with conflict or knowing which friends to hold on to or release. It's like, let's just always do our best to try, like yeah. to be, you know, just tip our toe in it and not be an expert at it or be a professional at it. Admit that we aren't great at it, but also keep trying, right? Mm -hmm. And to your point of like having those friends in the waiting room, I, I dig that. I, I think that's exactly how life works, right? Like you, it's a timing thing, knowing when to bring them in when to you know kick them out when to mute their mics <laughs> right yes that come on um, that's a good one you know and sometimes at the end of the day like being a friend is sacrificial mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's not always about you right it's about being a friend it's not just about having them yes so. i'm so glad you said that i was having a conversation with our mutual friend carla the other day and just um processing through this one friendship for me that i've had um, since, you know, years ago that I'm in the process of having to let go of it was really bothering me. And I was like, why is this bothering me so much? It's like, because this person shut you out. They were going through a hard time and they shut you out. Why does that bother me so much? And I was like, because you are that person. And I was like, Ooh, okay. Okay. Oh, and so right. what I, I know really. And I was thinking like, you know, one of the hardest things for me to do when I'm going through a hard time, my, uh, my first instinct is to isolate. So people who, who've been in my life and know my, my, my patterns, the moment I go quiet, they be like, hey, girl, they start, they start beating down my door. That's them being a good friend to me. Mm -hmm. Me being a good friend back to them is to not ignore them beating down my door, but to open the door. Even if it's hard for me to go open it, even if it's hard for me to say, hey, I'm going to let you in. It's hard for me to let you in here because I'm feeling vulnerable. I'm feeling sensitive. But me remembering that you, my friend, love me and let you into this space is me being a good friend back to you. And yeah. I did not even think of that as such a challenge until I was in the process of processing this friendship that is, you know, been just kind of awry for a while. And I start, I realized it went awry the moment I started knocking on this person's door to, Hey friend, I love you. Let me in. I know you're having a hard time, but, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try to fix it but I'm trying to be here for you. But if you don't let me be here for you in your time of crisis, which is what a friend is supposed to do, then I don't really know how to be your friend. And then I realized that it goes both ways. When you're in need, the person who shows up, that person is your friend. But you showing up in the form of allowing them in is also the other side of the friendship. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that is a grown up, <laughs> a grown up reality that is hard to really come to grips with because when we when we're when we're stressed or when life happens to us we revert back to our childhood tendencies of whatever it is that we do for me it's like hermit hole find the deepest darkest you know britney hole i can in this cave and sit there and um for anybody who doesn't know how to find these caves they'll never they'll never even know i'm in a hole because there's this really great cardboard cut out of me that still moves and acts like, you know, I'm that it's the real me. But anyone who knows me knows that's a cardboard cutout and they know where all the holes are that I've that I'm hiding in. It's my job, even when I'm having a rough time, if I'm if I'm also a good friend to the people who love me, to when I hear them calling me, because I know they came looking for me because they recognize this cardboard cutout, <laughs> I then have to be willing to be like, Hi friend, over here. And right. That's hard. 
And I didn't even realize how hard that was until like the like two days ago. Yeah, it's a freaking nightmare. It is hard. hard. Yeah. But you're human, dude, and we're human. Like we're all human, Mm -hmm. you know. And being in being human in front of people is just such a is, i think that is the challenge to life being human in front of, of people and the beautiful thing about friendships is these are the people that you've decided you can be human with and then even in that context we forget sometimes that crap these are the people that mm-hmm. i can be human with and i'm still afraid to be human because we yeah. don't know what other people's human is going to be at the same time i love what you brought up about the enneagram a minute ago um, when i first heard about the enneagram i was misdiagnosed as a two <laughs> misdiagnosed (laughs) what i came to realize is that i'm actually a four on the enneagram who at the time was a very unhealthy four and in extreme unhealth i go to the unhealthy side of a two that's the way that that works and when i realized that i was like oh my god i was literally a different person to the point where my personality was altered because of the traumatic state that I was in. I was dealing with a lot of stuff. And um, just knowing the positive sides of my personality when I'm at my best that draw people in to love me, that extreme is, it goes the opposite side when it's unhealthy. And recognizing there are people who still loved loved me in that really awful place, those are my friends. And making sure that Whatever I got to do in this life to keep those people, I need to do that because one thing I think you can attest to is as we get older, we realize that finding good, true, solid friends is not as easy as just going out to the playground and asking someone to push you on the swing. Those are like your roots. I love that tree analogy for friendship. I I feel like it's a, I don't know, like it has to be some kind of a tale that I am unfamiliar with. So forgive me, um, folks that are watching this, but friendship is like a good friendship that's solid like the roots of a tree and then you have some friends that are like branches which like sometimes they can break and it hurts right it really Mm -hmm. takes damage to you Mm -hmm. um but they're strong for you most of the time and then you have like the leaves which are friends that kind of just float off away and you never see them again Mm -hmm. but they were there for a season for a purpose for a reason yeah you know to give you life, to photosynthesize, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But that's just us being plant people because that's what we do. Come on, plants. Yeah. But interesting thing, a tree would not be a tree without each and every one of those elements. Yep. Even the ones that are impermanent. Mm-hmm. Even the yeah. ones that break and make you question why you ever had them in your life anyway. They still all make up that tree. And I don't want to be a nerd, but I got to be a nerd real quick. Please nerd. In um, physiology, so plant physiology, there's two kinds of leaves. There's sources and there's sinks. Mm -hmm. Source leaves are the kind that actually are in the shot, like the sun, um, in the sun, Mm -hmm. and they absorb the energy and then they photosynthesize and create and give energy to to the plant or the tree. And what's crazy is the sink leaves are the ones that are in the shade that are hidden, like in the, underneath the branches. Mm -hmm. And those are the ones that take energy from the sources and like, they're actually more problematic. So those sinks end up falling off because they're not contributing to the whole, but they're there for a while. Mm -hmm. So you have friendships that are like that, that are kind of hanging on and taking your energy because they need it to survive. Mm -hmm. And then eventually they just float away, you know? Mm -hmm. Nerdy, 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 nerd. I love being a plant nerd and a best, have a, like a best friend who's also a plant nerd. This is great. <laughs> is there anything else you wanted to share or talk about that you think is relevant to the conversation or not relevant at all and just is awesome because you're awesome? 
Oh, you're sweet. I think you're awesome too. I'm gonna keep you. Yay! I'm gonna keep you too, girl. We, <laughs> we are we are a whole country apart now, but we are still together. Indeed. Yeah, we are. We are. We actually talked more after you moved, which is <laughs> freaking weird. But okay. Well, like I don't pretend to know everything, so whatever. <laughs> it's all good, girl. It's all good. I really do feel like. Um, there's something sim and I haven't quite figured it out yet. And I, I decided I'm going to stop trying to figure it out and just let God do whatever, whatever he is going to do. But I think that there was something very symbolic and intentional about I am in the Bay and then my life like stalls and p pretty much crumbles in the Bay. And then I have to move back to Atlanta and then COVID happens and shuts down everything and my life literally in the Bay has not stopped, even though I live in Atlanta now. Mm -hmm. Everything that I do is still West Coast. Like my life basically functions on West Coast time still, because all yeah. of my meetings are still happening West Coast. You know, all of my connections and projects and creative projects and hopefully some new, um, you know, work projects. Help me, Jesus. West Coast, like everything is happening on the West Coast. So I'm like, this is cool. Okay, yeah. God, in this bi-coastal situation you got going on. So let's see what's going to happen with that. Um, it's so perfect. Yeah, I love it. It's good. I love it too. But yeah, I don't know. I guess what are some concluding thoughts about friendships? I think that in order to have healthy friendships, the, the, the most important thing is that you're authentic and true to who you are so that you actually attract the right friends. Um, the right people in your life because if you spend your whole life being being what you think the world wants you to be you're going to be you know you're going to wake up one day living this lie like possibly married to a person or in relationship with a person who doesn't really care about who you really are was in love with the person you were pretending to be and you're going to have friendships where when you truly talk about the things you care about they may not feel the same way and they're going to be upset that you changed so it's important i think like to me to always be authentic and be the person I was. And sometimes the person I was in college is different than the person I am now. So the friends I've made now um, are very different than the friends I had in college. Mm -hmm. But what I've found is that I bring the friends from college into my world now and I introduce them to the Sandy mm -hmm. and the, and the person I am now, these friends, I remind them of who I was and who the other Andy, like we're introducing them to that Andy. Um, and then just at the end of the day, just hope that, they'll love me. And, and I know that at the end of the day, God has my back. So the people that are in my life are there for a reason. And I just nurture those relationships until they're no longer healthy. Yeah. I would, I would say to that also, um, I think just in terms of friendships and, you know, to also put kind of a button on this whole relationship series period, just this understanding that people change People are constantly evolving, growing, changing, and it's our responsibility to continue to learn, not assume that we know everything about said person because we knew them when. This person is like a book that's constantly being written and rewritten. So we have to keep reading. We have to keep reading and studying them to understand who they are, particularly when it comes to friendships. Being willing to take the risk to not only just get to know someone new, but continue to get to know the people that you know. And I actually love what you said earlier about, you know, just what, what, wondering whether or not your friend was just having a bad day, why she said that, or trying to get behind, like, what was going on there? Recognizing that we all have bad days. 
And I, I get to I get to get better at that, recognizing that just because someone is having a bad day or a bad season does not mean they're a bad human who deserves to be axed. It may just mean that they need a little bit more grace today and recognizing the days that I definitely need more grace, using that as uh, a reminder that I get to give that same grace that I need all the time. Also, fun fact, uh, the friend, like the, the thought process of maybe they're having a bad day. I learned that actually from a friend, ironically. <laughs> so everything we know and learn to be a good friend was from a friend who was yeah. being a good friend to us when we sucked. Yes, come on so now. Like, that's like full circle, bro. Like yeah. we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's a good takeaway. Keep the people in your life who love you when you suck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We all seen... suck. It. Yes. Let's not pretend like we don't suck. Yes. They have seen you at your worst and they still answer your phone calls. They still love you. They still want to be in your life. They still want you in theirs. Um, so yeah, that's good. Um, I also do want to give a point to like recognizing unhealthy relationships and letting them go when it's time to go. That's also a real thing. Cause at the end of the day, you as a whole healthy person matter. One thing I will say, I think a good friend will always call you out in love. Always, they'll always say, Hey, I love you and I feel like you could do better or I feel like this is hurting you or whatever the deal is. A good friend will always call you to a higher level. I was running with some girlfriends the other day and um, these are girls I've known since college and uh, one of them is Carla and we were running. She and I are used to running together and our other friend wasn't used to, she's not used to running at all. Definitely not used to running with us. And, um, we were like, we're going to get to that last point. We just got to go. We just got to go. So we start booking it. And she's like, this is hard. And then she made a statement. I was like, oh, that's so true. She said, you know, I guess good friends, though, will challenge you to be better. So I'm going to take this today as my challenge for my friends to be better. And I was like, you know, girl, you can, you can run as slow as you want. But that right there was a good nugget. That was that was gospel. <laughs> a good friend will always challenge you to be better. And they will do it in love. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Andrea Stewart. I'm going to have to change it to... Go- I don't want to change it to Stewart in my phone. Can I just put hyphen Goodman Stewart? Do you think Big yeah. Brother would be a friend- offended? No, you do that. You do what you need to do. Oh, and th- here's the bad part. Here's the bad part, hun. I have been calling and texting you for years. And it didn't dawn on me until I was sending you... The email with this outline, you know, about how this whole thing was going to go. And I saw your email address is Andrea Stewart. And I looked at my phone. I was like, what the hell? It still says Andrea Goodman. What's wrong with you, Brittany? I was like, no, no. We're keeping Andy Goodman. Goodman. Andy. You keep it. You keep it. Okay. My little middle schooler got so upset. Yeah. Understandable. My little middle schooler who does not like change was just like, we aren't having this. We don't care if she married your big brother best friend. We aren't changing it. (laughs) Uh Uh Exactly. Oh, man. But thank you so much for taking the time out of your um, busy mom life schedule to join us on Bay Street today. It was awesome. I hope hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for having me on here. It was nice to talk to you and catch up. Agreed. Sure. Agreed. I hope you got some good like therapy time into talking about yeah. some things, processing some stuff. <laughs> totally. No, exactly. It was good to like be baby free, not have a baby on my boob, you know? Yeah, so I'm right. Happy. Free boobs. Free boobs. Free the boobs. <laughs> free the boobs. <laughs> she's all yelling in the background. She heard me. Oh, uh, she's like, wait, boob? Did I hear boob? 
<laughs> awesome. Well, this has been another episode of Bay Street and the last one in our Define the Relationship series. Thank you all for following and listening. Next week, we'll be on to something totally new, which we will find out next week what that is. Welcome to our neighborhood and thank you for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Bespoken Media. You can check us out at our website, bespokenmedia.com and follow our ongoing and growing content there. Sidebar, um, Bespoken Media is under uh, under revision at the moment. So if you go to it, it probably isn't working right now. Um, some things are getting made. It's getting maintenance done. So as soon as it's ready to go, I'll put up a post about that on our Instagram page. Um, but speaking of Instagram, you can follow Bespoken Media and Bay Street Podcast on Instagram at Bespoken Media and at Bay Street Podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast, please pass it on to a friend, rate it, and visit our Instagram page to share your thoughts with us. Um, we look forward to hearing and discussing these things with y'all later on next week. Join us as we continue discussing our struggles with adulting with zero apologies. Until next time, we send big hugs to Seven um, and we thank you everyone who has um, been joining us as our guest on this podcast it's been super fun uh take care of yourselves please take care of each other covid is spreading be safe (laughs) wear a mask people just wear the mask it's not gonna kill you not wearing one might but wearing one won't just putting that out there psa okay bye okay bye